0: Welcome to the Bible Studies for Life adult podcast. I'm Lynn Pryor, and if this is your first time to join us for this podcast, welcome. We welcome you to the Bible Studies for Life team and to, uh, to what we're doing as a, uh, adult Bible studies. What we do each week with this podcast is we're going to do an overview of one of the Bible study sessions coming up just to kind of get this broad kind of view of it. But we're going to have this conversation that we hope will help you as you engage in your Bible study group as well. So joining me as part of my, my co-host for this uh, podcast is Chris Johnson.
1: We are starting a new study this week. Uh, it is called My Encounter with Jesus. And we will be looking at uh, stories in the Gospel of John uh, about people who encounter Jesus. So we're going to, gonna it's going to be, a, it, ha- it has a personal feel where, where we're going to look at individuals who, lives were changed because they came into contact with jesus and our hope is that uh, these stories just carry a lot of weight they they carry a conversation but they're they're easy to connect with and identify with and my hope is that in our groups, it will cause people to tell their stories of connecting with Jesus. That's what we're going for in this.
0: Well, joining Chris and I for this conversation is the writer of the study, which is Dr. Chad Keck. Chad, thank you for joining us for the podcast. It's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Chad uh, is a pastor. He's a pastor of First Baptist Church of Kettering, which is in the Dayton, Ohio area uh, now. But but Chad, you're not a native of Ohio. Is that, That's correct, right?
2: That's correct. I am a Nashvilleian from Tennessee and uh, grew up there and love Nashville. It's totally different than it was when I grew up. When I go back and visit my parents, I can barely recognize it. But we've been in uh, Dayton area for the last 12 years here at First Kettering and we just love it. And so this is our new home and we're, we're we just love what God's doing here.
1: Well, we were talking earlier, and you were telling us that um, uh, you do some things that help you to connect with people who are far from God. And uh, that comes up in the first conversation where we asked the question, when have you been, really been thirsty? And you talk about uh, being a runner. Tell us a little bit about your experience uh, as a runner and what you're doing now.
2: Yeah, so I just kind of stumbled upon running. I When I first got to Kettering uh, 12 years ago, I met some people in our church that were runners, and I was looking for ways to build build some relationships and just find community, even in our own church. You know, being the new pastor and new to the area, that was a a great way. I certainly need the exercise. I still still need the exercise. Um, But we started running, and one thing led to another, and I got invited to do a half marathon, and did several of those, and I, I swore after the first one, I'm like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> and, and you know, you recover enough that you're like, man, I think I could do it again. And then you said, but I'm never going to do a full marathon. And then you know, you do a few hats and then sure enough, you find yourself signing up for that. And so, you know, about 15 half marathons, and I think four full marathons later, uh, you know, I, I I I decided I was going to take a little break. And I uh, so I decided I needed to start lifting weights, and so I got into CrossFit, which is a whole nother world. Um, for those of who watch and are in CrossFit, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It it can kind of feel like a cult sometimes because people are so committed to it, and I'm not that guy. But I have loved going partly because of the people I get to interact with and being in the church you know with most of my time every week you know you know being around saved people people who love Jesus trying to grow in their faith it's been hard for me to carve out consistent time with people that don't know Christ or have had limited exposure to the gospel and so over the past year i have just loved the the daily cuz i go about five times a week daily interaction with some of these people who are just uh real salt of the earth living life with no idea of uh the realities that we talk about on a daily basis and having the opportunity to 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 engage with them and to share about what I do and about who I know and about you know what I believe and it's been really really fascinating and and I've really enjoyed it that connects
1: well with what we're 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 doing in this study it it gives us a way uh to to see from your experience how important it is to connect with people uh, who are far from God. We see Jesus doing it all the time uh, in the stories that we're looking at in this study.
0: Chris raised a question that uh, brought up this conversation about what's the thirstiest you've ever been uh, as chad talks about in the in the personal study guide about running this marathon Uh, and and that's a great icebreaker question to talk about thirst because we're going to look at a passage in john chapter 4 where jesus encounters a woman and around the topic of water and so uh, let me encourage you in your groups talk uh, grab that icebreaker question just talk about when you've been thirsty it doesn't have to be a spiritual conversation yet but just talk about those things that make you really thirsty but let that be the segue into talking about let's talk about a greater thirst and a greater uh greater opportunity to quench that thirst through jesus so our point we're going to be looking at all during this session is that only jesus can truly satisfy my thirst we're in john chapter four and let me read the first uh let me begin reading in verse seven a woman of samaria came to draw water Give me a drink, Jesus said to her, because his disciples had gone into town to buy food. Well, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? She asked him, for Jews do not associate with Samaritans. But Jesus answered, If you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would ask him, and he would give you living water. Sir, said the woman, you don't even know I have a bucket and the well is deep. So where do you get this living water? You are greater than our father, Jacob, are you? He gave us the well and drank from it himself as this is, did his sons and livestock. But Jesus said, everyone who drinks from this water will get thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water I give him will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life.
1: So to set the context, let's talk a little bit about the cultural issues that are at play uh, in this conversation. Chad, you want to start with that?
2: Sure. I mean, the most obvious, uh, as you read the text, is that the, the emphasis is on, but, but Jesus is a Jew and she's a Samaritan. And so there's clearly um, a cultural and racial aspect to the division that's happening there between them. They don't, uh, the Jews and the Samaritans don't get along. It's a long history for the reason why, but they don't, they don't like each other. They uh, don't, don't cooperate and, and enjoy being around each other. And so there's that. There's certainly the fact that he's a, he's a man and she's a woman. And in that culture that type of interaction alone at a well was was probably considered inappropriate or it certainly didn't happen frequently. Um, there's also the fact that she's drawing water at the middle in the middle of the day and he's there uh, at the middle of the day. And so um, there's a lot of reasons why there's there's some issues there and some 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 ways that we ought to at least stop and think what's going on in this text. Why, why is this encounter happening?
0: It does not seem unusual to us, but uh, true in their culture in that time, that would have been highly unusual. And Chad, you say something in, in what you've written here in the text that Jesus was always eager to engage people, no matter their history or their circumstances. And here was a woman with some circumstances that for any other man, any other person that would have kept them away from engaging with her. But it wasn't Jesus was just willing to do it. I liked how you phrased it, Jesus was
2: eager to do so. Yeah, you know, that's one of the th- things about Jesus as you read the Gospels and especially the Gospel of John, that you just see him encounter people. And uh, certainly because he's the the son of God and he he knows things and and hears things and You know, he's planning these things, right? These are not accidents that are happening. He's intentional along his journey to engage with people. Um, You see it with her, you see it with Zacchaeus in the tree. He's just always looking for those opportunities to engage with people, especially people who are being feeling left out or feeling on the fringe or who have been left behind by the culture or the society of the day and in the beginning part of this text we don't know all that's going on in this woman's life but that's why i bring up the fact that she was there not at the usual time and she was there alone which signifies there's something going on that and there's a reason why she's not with the other women which we'll find out later in the text so
1: in the uh chosen uh, i think some of you guys have have watched that but uh in in leading up to this story in in that uh, uh TV series uh Jesus gathers his disciples and says listen we need to go to Samaria and they're like protesting we don't want to go and he goes there's somebody I need to meet and and then the next story is is this one so uh, it it does a great job of describing exactly what you just talked about Chad um so uh, you mentioned cross fit, and how it gives you a chance to engage with unbelievers or people who are far from God. Um, can you share with us some experiences that you've had in the last year where you've had the opportunity to have these kind of conversations and some of the bridges that you have built so that you can have these kind of spiritual conversations uh, with people that you encounter that it's obvious they're far from God?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, when I walked in about a year ago, you know, I I didn't come in going, well, I'm a pastor and I work at a church. And so I I just came in as a guy who wanted to exercise and I tried to just blend it in with everybody else. Right. Because I knew over time, those topics would come out. People will ask, well, what do you do or why, you know, what's going on with this? And, but uh, I was kind of forced into it a little bit earlier than I even wanted, which I guess in God's sovereign plan is how he, he desired it. But I'd only been there about two months and I walked into a class uh, at eight o'clock in the morning class. And uh, we were about 10 minutes into exercising. And, you know, there's a lot of talking and chit chatting amongst people. And I got a phone call from my assistant and said, uh, can you leave what you're doing? Because there's somebody in uh in the church that that's um suicidal that needs needs to talk to you and so i started to pack up my stuff and a bunch of people said where are you going where are you going i said i have to go i need to talk to somebody well and then they started making fun of me like well what's more what's more important than exercising <laughs> right because to them that's like the most important thing in the world is exercising and so i said well honestly I, i'm a pastor and i have somebody in my church that's really hurting and they're thinking about killing themselves, and I, I really need to go and talk to them. And you could have heard a hush fall across the the room, and immediately they're like, "Oh, like," and they even, got, you know, that's far more important than what we were doing here. And and um and then when I got back to the class a couple you know days later and started talking to people, people were like, "Oh my gosh, you're a pastor," you know, and so that really opened the door. And once some of those people found out, uh, then it became just questions here and there. You know, they began to ask me things, uh, you know, uh, can you pray for this? I'm My mom is struggling with cancer and I, I don't know what to do. Uh, you know, my husband is uh, having an affair and I'm not sure how to have that conversation. It's just really, really deep things that when people find out that you know God, they all of a sudden are interested in, having access to that same uh, insight or power. And what they haven't realized yet is they can have that same insight and same power directly to him through Christ. But it's having those conversations that through me right now that they're getting that introduction. And so I've had multiple opportunities to talk about prayer, to pray for people there. To, uh, I've, I've gotten people say, hey, I can you recommend a book on whatever? And so I get to recommend books. And obviously I said, well, you need to start with the Bible. But, you know, once you read that and so I've, I've people text me and ask me questions. So it's just been one of those opportunities that God's really opened the door for some Jesus centered conversations. And it's been fantastic.
0: Thanks for sharing that. And the beauty of that, too, is that your starting point was CrossFit that uh, that was your point of connection and of course we see this with Jesus and this woman uh she needs water that's why she's at the well Jesus needs water that's why he's at the well and of course they start with this conversation around physical water which which uh, leads into the conversation about spiritual water And Chad, what you've told us is a great example of what Jesus just did there. You start with a common, uh, something you share in common, and that becomes the bridge to other things. Uh, I read an article years ago by a gentleman named John Fisher, and it struck me very much what he said in this article. He said he learned that when he wore, it was one thing when he wore a Christian T-shirt, you know, with some kind of Christian saying or something like that on it. But he found he engaged more conversation with people when he just wore a shirt that was advertising a a, a location or a a, a golf place or something because that was a point of connection with other people. Oh, hey, I've been there too. And so they would begin a conversation. Whereas if he came in with a Jesus shirt,
2: it was obvious (laughs) he's
0: a Christian. He's like he's advertising. And I thought that was, wow, what a what a way to look at this, that just wearing a normal T-shirt, normal uh, shirt of some kind, polo shirt, it, I can engage in it. Uh, it gives me a point of contact with somebody. And of course, that's what we see happening, as I said, here with Jesus. Jesus doesn't just uh, stop here with, okay, I've made the spiritual jump to uh, spiritual water. She, of course, hasn't quite made that connection yet. But we come down to verse 15. Jesus said, uh, the, the, Jesus continues his conversation with this woman, but the woman says, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and come back here to draw water. Go call your husband, he told me, and come back here. I don't have a husband, she answered. You have correctly said you don't have a husband, Jesus said. For you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true and what Jesus has done here he has begun with talking about revealing that great thirst and when she wants it now he's going to confront her with her sin
1: this is this is complicated uh Jesus uh obviously because of who he is knows who she is and knows her background um and uh, engages her and gives her an opportunity to 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 talk about this. And so, uh, Chad, we've been talking about your 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 experiences with people that you are hanging out with in CrossFit. Um, I'm sure you've probably had some some interesting experiences uh, where people revealed or you became aware of some things in people's lives that probably you don't hear every Sunday at uh, First Baptist.
2: Definitely. You know, (laughs) Jesus has that uh, unique ability that we don't have to already know what her issues are. (laughs) Um, So when I walk into the gym, I don't know what anybody's issues are, but I'm telling you, it doesn't take long to find out because people are not afraid to talk about things in their lives that I, I, and sometimes I'm shocked by it, honestly, because I just think back even 20 or 30 years ago, the things that people brag about now are things that people would have been ashamed to even mention a long time ago. But people today just don't have very much um, guard against that. They're not worried about anybody thinks because so much of the sin in our lives has just been embraced by the world as normal. And so, um, you know, and in some ways that's refreshing because they're not hiding behind anything. They're just being honest about who they are, which I really appreciate. But they tell me stories and they talk about, uh, you know, relationships with people. I'm thinking sometimes I don't want to know all that about you. Um, that's too much to know, but, um, but they just share it, but it gives me a great reference point of how to have those conversations because I know anytime somebody begins to talk about sin or, to, or especially to brag about it, even though they don't feel like they're bragging about, it, or they, they may not even know it is sin. Honestly, they, um, may not have any background in, in this, in the scripture. It, it, it makes me more sensitive to those conversations where I can now hear hurt and pain because now I'm listening with a different set of ears for, okay, well, I know that that's sinful. And I know anytime sin is involved in my life or in the life of somebody, eventually it causes pain, right? Because that's what sin does. It may feel fun at first. There may be a sense of excitement in the beginning, but over time, when we let sin take hold in our heart and in our life, you, there's going to be a price to pay for that, and so I just began listening with different ears, uh, trying to figure out where's the pain point here, um, where's the where's the suffering here, and and it allows me to speak more directly into their life. And I think that's what Jesus did. He was able to identify what her issues were, what her struggles were, and then he just went right to the heart of what they were uh, with the answer. And I think that that's really a great way to approach people with the gospel and with the with the hope that's in Christ is being able to figure out where is their pain point and how can Jesus meet them there?
0: Yes. So many of us in our culture, on the other side of this, we, we don't want to acknowledge our sin or we downplay the, our sin, or our, especially in our culture, we don't consider our sin a sin. And so that's a challenge for us is to getting people to acknowledge uh and that's a key part of coming to faith in Christ is to admit that I'm a sinner, that I, that I, uh, that I've got sin. What are some of those obstacles that keep us from acknowledging our sin?
1: Well, I think this woman is a good example. Um, uh, um, in our culture, it's, it's, people are quick to, to label us as judgmental if we're addressing those kind of issues. But Chad, what you described is what this was woman. She, she, this was a pain point jesus went right to the source and um and pointed out to her that what you have said is true (laughs) the guy you're with now is not your husband and you've had five husbands so um uh, she wanted to avoid it she she did she wanted to distance herself she didn't want to engage and you you have some of that uh as well when you're having these kind of conversations with people who are far from god right
2: Oh, definitely. And, you know, the the more time you spend with people, the more open they are, the deeper the relationship or the friendship, the more honest they are about who they are, because there's a level of trust that's built up. Right. And so I'm not out there m- making fun of their sin. I'm not out there, you know, shaming them or when they're talking about some sinful experience that they're doing or where they're going that night or what happened this weekend. I, I don't condemn them or say well gosh i you know i just listen and then i'm listening for those pain points right so that i can address the pain point um but, and then work my way backwards right sometimes we want to try to address the cause like well if you just would stop xyz um, and you didn't do those things, then you wouldn't be suffering like you are. But when we start to listen for the, the other side and say, well, hey, well, tell me about why that you feel that way. Why do, you, why do you feel that regret? Why are you experiencing that brokenness in that relationship? And you can trace it backwards. Then for me, at least, it's more helpful to be able to talk about, about Christ and about how he can solve some of those things. But letting them share, I think, is important. And I think Jesus was a great listener. And he listened to people and he let them share what was on their heart and, and what was going on in their life. And then he he took up their issue and and was able to point them towards the hope. And I like how Jesus does have this conversation with a woman um,
0: going on. And, and even she raises questions about the place of worship. and But with this conversation, it's becoming clear to her, you know, this is not just any Jewish man. You come to verse 25 and she's kind of dropping hints and so she thinks this may could be the Messiah. The woman said to him in verse 25, I know that the Messiah is coming. who is called Christ. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. And Jesus told her, I, the one speaking to you, am he. Chad, there's something you wrote here in the personal study guide. I just, I love the way you said this. This Samaritan woman, May not have known much about what it took to make a marriage work, but she did know the Messiah would be coming like that. And so she's, she's got that same expectation there could be a Messiah. And Jesus and what he's been saying, uh, if put it this way, it's like he's dropping hints that she's picking up on. This could be the Messiah.
2: Yeah, Jesus was so good at that. I mean, he was just so so good at at knowing where people were and listening. Like he listened to her and and she was listening to him, and there was an actual conversation going on. and and uh, you know, she was picking up what he was putting down and he was picking up what she was putting down. and it then led to that ultimate conversation that was easy to make the jump from the physical to the spiritual. Um, because he heard what she was saying and she was enough aware. And and I think we ought to take a, a pause and at least acknowledge, man, the spirit of God was working on her, right? Because we know that in those kind of encounters that God is at work, that he is revealing, he is opening hearts and minds. And as Jesus approached her, it's clear that she had already been softened at least to the place where she knew that there was a Messiah coming And it kind of reminds me of Jesus' conversation with Peter at Caesarea Philippi uh, when he asked the question, who do you guys say that I am? And then Peter finally gets the answer right, and he says, that is not revealed to you by flesh and blood, right? There is something that's been revealed to you by the Father. So there's a clear that God had already been working, which is why Jesus wanted to have that encounter in the first place, because he knew that this woman was going to be ready for this conversation, and therefore he journeyed purposely there to have that conversation. And we see that as she then enters into that type of of spiritual dialogue with him.
0: Yeah, it is obvious when Jesus first mentions living water, that grabs her attention. That she, yes, I, I want, she's thirsty. She realizes she's thirsty and everything that Jesus is saying throughout this conversation is a little bit of quenching that says, okay, I like this. I like this to that. Now she gets to this point of where it's, uh, she's just basically asking the question in a roundabout way. And he says, I'm the one, uh, wow. What, what, a, what a great way to end that conversation for her.
1: So in our groups this week, we'll have the opportunities to have some questions where we can talk and ask people, how did you come to discover? How did you come to realize uh, who Jesus is? How was he revealed to you? Uh, When did you come to realize that you could trust him uh, as your your Lord and Savior? So our hope is, uh, as we look at this story of this lady's encounter with Jesus, that it will help people in our groups to talk about their stories of encounters with
0: Jesus as well. Chris, that's a good point and, uh, I, and I want us to think about that time when we had our, our uh, we met Jesus when he truly met our need. But I want us to remember as even as believers that we still need to keep coming back to him that Jesus is the only one who can truly satisfy my needs. Cuz even as Christians sometimes we start going down other roads i'm not necessarily necessarily saying we're backsliding but we look to other things to satisfy us along with jesus but jesus is all we need and i think for many of us as believers we need to come back and embrace that truth again that only jesus can truly satisfy my thirst chad thank you for joining us for this uh, discussion of this podcast
2: Hey, it's my joy to be here, and uh, thank you for inviting me.
1: Well, Chad, you did a great job writing, and it's always helpful to our listeners to hear directly from uh, the writer, to hear your voice, to hear your stories. So we appreciate you uh, being open today and, and telling some of those stories. And we'll have you back with us in a few weeks to talk about another one of these encounters uh, that someone had with Jesus.
0: Sounds great. So for you all who are listening to this podcast podcast, Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you joined us. And we do hope you have a great Bible study. and We hope you'll join us next week.